friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. friends welcome back to becoming buffy i am really stoked for today's podcast and the reason is we're going to be interviewing my friend liz now one of my favorite things to do in life is introduce new people to buffy and liz up until i talked to her a couple months ago had never seen an episode of buffy before and so she's actually been watching along season one and has never seen the rest of the show, doesn't know any spoilers. And we thought it would be really fun and really unique to kind of ask her opinions on the show as a first-time viewer, maybe things that stood out to her, things she loved, things she hated, and most importantly, where she thinks the show is going. We're hoping that after each season, this will be something that we can do with her. And yeah, Liz is amazing. Liz has a degree in English, and she's really, really insightful and is very used to analyzing literature and art. So without further ado guys this is Liz Liz thanks for joining us hey thank you so much for having me I'm so excited we're excited you're our first official guest which is really exciting so Liz yes you've never seen Buffy before until what two months ago three months ago I don't remember when we talked last Yeah, I think it was about two and a half months I had never seen an episode just like previews on the WB type thing Okay, so we have a couple questions for you. Because one of the best things about watching Buffy is being able to show it to new people and be like, hey, experience this for the first time and kind of like be with you while you go through the roller coaster of the show, which you're only finishing the first season, so... We'll get you there. haven't even gone to the bumps <laughs> yeah. and bruises of yeah. the show yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that we kind of wanted to like help answer some people's like questions who may be watching the first season as well, and maybe having the same type of questions and stuff. And so we kind of just want to give like an overview of information without having mm-hmm. to put it in like an actual episode. Yeah. Have you been watching like? with us like episodically like or have you been watching on your own pace i've kind of been watching on my own pace okay. i ended up um binging it with my sister oh so, and oh, she would, and yeah and she wouldn't let me stop to like listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm just gonna binge the show and then binge the uh podcast after but it was it was really kind of fun to do that and then to have my first um kind of perception of it and then mm-hmm. to hear you guys say things that I was like okay it wasn't just me like thinking yeah. that was kind of cheesy <laughs> or okay you know season two is where it really gets going yes. so yeah. it was really fun to watch it that way and to have her to bounce mm-hmm. it yeah. off of as well that's really cool did you watch it with Caroline yes yes yeah okay awesome that's so exciting okay so that kind of leads into my first question which was what was your first impression of the show like when you first started out and Did it change at all by the time you got to the end of the first season? Great question. So I would say I enjoyed it from the first episode. Um, I think mainly because I love 90s nostalgia. Yeah, perfect. I'm I'm wearing a brown lip right now. You know, like I very (laughs) Cordelia's 90s. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I think because I was a kid in the 90s, the 90s just have yeah. such like a such a place in my heart, unlike any other time. Um, and so for me, some of the things that were even cheesy, I liked because it reminded me of the 90s. I was like, mm. oh, I remember how all the shows, you know, cheesy 
um, part where the cute guy, you know, falls off his skateboard yeah, around the girl. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It was cheesy, but it was like, oh, that's nostalgic. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it from episode one and even just the fashion of like, oh, I remember when people wore that or yeah. um, when people watched those shows. So things like that. Um, but then I think you, as you guys have talked about, you definitely see that transformation by the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see where her character and where the show goes from there um, as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, obviously I grew up in the 90s, but I was a couple years younger than you, Liz. So I don't feel like I really remember a whole lot. I remember sure. mostly like the early 2000s, I feel is more of like my yeah. my memory, you know, but – yeah, looking whenever I watch Buffy, and I know a lot of other people, whenever they watch the 90s shows, it feels like coming home to them. It is yes. very nostalgic. Yeah. And so I think that's like another reason why these shows are still very um, well, one of the reasons why they're still relevant, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely really enjoyed that aspect. Um, and even it's funny because I, I always heard about the show and I had kind of seen like little commercials where this is what the episode's going to be about. But I, I like, I don't think I was allowed to watch it when I was young. We were not sheltered. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, vampires. We don't do that. You know? Magic, <laughs> Harry Potter. And it's funny because like now I watch horror all the time. I love all those right. genres. So it was really fun to see something that I had like a vague familiarity with of like, oh, yeah. Buffy. And then to realize like, okay, these things go together. And oh, mm-hmm. here's kind of what, what it actually is versus what yeah. I kind of thought it was. Yeah. For right. Sure. Yeah. I always like dread kind of rewatching the first season. And sometimes like, I mean, before we did the podcast, I'd kind of like skim over the first season whenever I'd rewatch. But I mean, although there and everyone who's listened to our podcast knows all my feelings about certain episodes, um, <laughs> but like rewatching it, like in like full depth, especially knowing where the, like the characters are going to go. I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Cause like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Cause you don't know any spoilers, right? I don't. And that's actually, what's actually really that's exciting. Shocking. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I probably heard something like I, I was looking for something and it told me a little something. I was like, don't look at that. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I've really avoided that. Okay. So, um, yeah. I, I have some ideas ideas and some things I think but yeah I'm pretty much spoiler free I made sure to avoid the Scooby's secrets yeah, at the yeah. end of your podcast so I'm well excited well I've really <laughs> tried but I'm really excited to go back later and mm-hmm. to rewatch those once I have gone mm-hmm. through it and to see yeah. like all your insights um because yeah. you guys like the a level of trivia and back <laughs> knowledge is amazing and it made it it's really a little fun. embarrassing yeah. it's awesome I love stuff like that like yeah. pop culture and the analysis yeah. and yeah. stuff so I mm-hmm. thought it was really cool to yeah. hear that perspective yeah, yeah. Sure. well because like my question yeah. was like since you don't know where the characters are gonna lead I'm just like curious and like well first of all like who your favorite character is so far and okay. like what your predictions are based off of what you know so far okay. and how you think they're gonna lead Okay, awesome. Okay, so there's a lot there, I think. So <laughs> I'll just start. And then if you have like specifics you want to hear, let me know. Um, but I definitely I really appreciate obviously Buffy herself. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love I love how so many genres collide and how um there's really so much subversion of the norm going on here. Mm. I love a strong female lead. Yes, I love <laughs> someone who beats the odds and somebody who's not what you expect. And I also love that she's into fashion and she's, you know, yeah. wearing mini skirts in each episode. Um, well, she's also like, you know, killing the undead. So um, I love that. I <laughs> yeah. think that showing that women can be strong and, and there is no, um, no exact label of what that looks yes, like. Yes, absolutely. It's 
so important. And so I love her character for that. Um, and I really appreciate even seeing the layers of like what she would have been had she not mm. been the Slayer. Um, I think there's still a lot of that depth to her, but I think um, just seeing how she does long to fit in, how she does have kind of the, some of the same struggles that Cordelia has, yeah. even though they're very different people. Um, which brings me to the character you love to hate, which would be Cordelia. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do, she's one of those people I would have hated in real life because yeah. I, I hate <laughs> Mean Girls. But she's also, it's so fun to me, the juxtaposition of the actual villains. We've got like, you know, satanic forces and then we've got Cordelia, you know? And so (laughs) you've got kind of this layered villain thing going on. And I love how that explores kind of the gray area of like, what is a villain? Because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to look at a character like Cordelia in a typical show and go, oh, she's the villain. But a show like this humanizes her because it's all a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we've got, you know, the undead here. So Cordelia seems a lot less um, menacing. Yeah. So I actually really enjoy a lot of things about her character too and, and how the show explores um, even some of her vulnerabilities, even though she is mm-hmm. a bully. I, I think too, as an educator, you know, I always hated the mean girls, but when I became a teacher, you learn to love all students, oh, even absolutely. if they're not lovable. Yeah. Yeah. And you see them more for what they are. And yes. I think when you watch a character like Cordelia, she's not this super strong character. You really know bullies are just scared of everything yeah. and feel mm-hmm. empty within themselves. And so I think examining a character like her um, through that lens is really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I appreciate things like that about her. I would say too, I really love Willow. I I love yeah. her quirkiness. Who doesn't love I mean, Willow? She's amazing. Um, and she's funny. And I love seeing her come into her own a little bit, even just a little mm-hmm. bit in this mm-hmm. season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, like, I have my favorites and my personal favorites. And I think that since I've watched the show, like, Buffy has always resonated with me because I think that I feel very similar to Buffy and a lot of like her attributes and stuff obviously not what I go through I'm not going through what Buffy's going through but the way she reacts to situations and things like that I feel like I could definitely relate to so I feel like Buffy's always been one of my favorite characters because I really relate to her um and so it's always like heartwarming to me to hear other people say that they appreciate Buffy because like I always feel like she's underappreciated. There's not many protagonists in shows that I actually really, really like and resonate with, especially recently, um, because I feel like a lot of the shows that my generation has grown up with, the, a lot of the main characters are really annoying. <laughs> like, And they get on my nerves and a lot they're of- They're too perfect. They're, it's either they're too perfect or they try too hard to make them the morality of the show. And so they're mm-hmm. so annoying to me. Um, oh, yeah. And so like, it's- it's rare to me that I find a protagonist that I like just throughout the whole show. Yeah. Um, and like with faults and without faults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just is always nice to me to hear that other people love and enjoy Buffy as much as I do. Yeah. And it's it's hard to like kind of speak on this just because we know way more than you do. About yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's I'm like, oh, OK, I'm like trying not to give away too much. But I was like rewatching. I'm in the middle of season five with my sister that's a little bit younger than me, Becca. And like I was just telling her, I was like, man, I was like, one thing I've just always really appreciated rewatching Buffy is just her kindness along with like her so she has like a lot of power because she's like the main protagonist like leah was saying and 
I totally agree with Leah. Sometimes I feel like they make the main protagonist, especially a woman, they try to give them too much power because they want to show that women are powerful, which I agree with. But they've just had such a good balance between expressing Buffy by being like she is powerful and she's strong and she's like amazing and all these different external attributes. But she's also just like kind and like she's empathetic and like I mean, you see that a little bit even in the first season at um, in Prophecy Girl when Xander like is like asking her out and mm-hmm. she sits there and she could like even like some of his responses. I was like, man, that's a little harsh. Yeah. And even she says that she's like, <laughs> that's a little harsh, but she could have been like way harsher than she was. And yet she just was very kind in how she was doing it. Absolutely. I have a lot of thoughts on Xander. I have so many thoughts on Xander. I, I have yeah. a love hate relationship with Xander yeah. too. And Xander is um, one of those sure. characters that like, I wish I could sit every viewer down and be like, listen, we bag on him a lot in the first season, the first few we seasons. We actually got a DM about yes. him this week, too. <laughs> but, like, he's one of those people, just like the first season, where I'm like, just wait. He will have his moments. Yes. And we will give him his credit and be like, we're, gr- we're grateful that Xander is in the show for one of this reason or for this reason. like, And we try to, like, call out characters when they do crappy things. And unfortunately, Xander is one of those characters that does a lot of crappy things right off the bat. And so we but kind of gets hammer much, much him better. for it. But I think that, like, I just want to, like, sit all of you down and be like, don't worry, we'll hammer in on other characters, too, when their yeah. time comes. Well, and that's, that's the interesting thing about him. While he, he does some things that bug me, I think it's very purposeful and necessary to yes. the show because he's mm-hmm. a reflection of a lot of male culture. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a lot of ta- toxic masculinity going on for sure. And that, you know, I, I simultaneously respect him because he has such affection for such a strong female lead, yes. yeah. which a lot mm-hmm. of men would see Buffy and be like, Ooh, too much. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, and he is threatened by her, but he's also drawn to her. And so mm-hmm. I give him props for that. Um, because mm-hmm. being a strong female, I know that a lot of men are driven away by that. So mm-hmm. I think there's, I, I, I give him his props, but I also think yeah. like, it's yeah. such a good picture of, you know, as, um, the creators are showing us what a strong female and unexpected female Buffy is, um, and also nuanced and layered, um, he, they're also showing that through other characters, which I really like. Yes. Um, and I really appreciated, you know, as you were talking about how um, Buffy is very different than a lot of protagonists, she's real. She's not perfect. She makes mistakes. Um, she is kind. She is strong, but she's flawed. Yes. And I think that makes her lovable. Nobody wants to root for a character that is perfect all the time or mm. moralistic all the time. Um, but we all want to relate or root for a character that we see ourselves in. And I think she's a good picture of somebody who's real. You know, you can't yeah. pinpoint mm-hmm. or target exactly who she is as a character because she doesn't fit the labels. And I love that mm-hmm. about her. I really love that mm-hmm. about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk Xander since we're kind of <laughs> heading in that direction. <laughs> so we got a DM this week about someone that was like, hey, I just want to, they're like, I feel like you guys maybe hammer into Xander a little bit. And they kind of gave another perspective, which I thought, oh, maybe we haven't said enough about Xander on the show in a positive light. Um, and I think that Xander is very realistic. I feel like he's one of the more realistic yes. characters. He's very, we all know a Xander. We all know a teenage boy that is like Xander, um, hopefully not as extreme. But <laughs> the thing is, is that Xander is flawed. He says some toxic things. He um, has control issues, but I think, and we've talked about it before, like 
he is wrestling with what it means to be a man. He's wrestling with what culture is telling him that to be a man, like, you know, you need to have a lot of sexual conquests, yada, yada, yada. Like, but then he's also go over here going, Buffy's kind of turning that all on its head. And so mm-hmm. he's confused because he Buffy doesn't fit the narrative. So then he's realizing that he doesn't fit the narrative and he's wrestling with his own identity there. Um, so I'm just curious, like through the many, many Xander episodes in this, in this season, um, what your thoughts on him are? Yeah, I love that question. And I do agree. I, I did want to take the other side of it. I do like Xander. Like I'm conflicted because it's like you kind of, they're kind of that classic like best friend scenario where you're kind of like, I kind of want you to work out, but you're also kind of like, you know, Angel with his like leather jacket in the alley. I kind (laughs) of want that to happen too. Um, So there's kind of that conflicted thing for me personally, but I really do think there is a lot to appreciate about Xander. I think he's a very real teenage boy. Um, And I think that he's very much a, um, a reflection and also um, kind of, you know, the creators are analyzing what males are like in our society through him, I think. So Mm -hmm. I love that he's coming to grips with a lot of those things. And even as he kind of flunders, you know, when he's angry at her for not going out with him, which is really an entitled attitude, you can be sad, but being angry is a whole other level of entitlement. She doesn't owe you anything. But at the same time, I think, um, you can see in other ways that he really does come through for her and he really does care about her. And he really is, like you said, wrestling with his own identity, even more than he's angry with her or expecting things of her. Um, And that's where I I think it's really interesting, you know, in listening to your episode on um, Teacher's Pet, was it? Teacher's Pet. It's the one we (laughs) reference a lot. I know. It's it's really funny because I, I kind of, I don't know if it's like the English major in me, but I like weird things. So it's obviously a good show to watch then. (laughs) The the bug thing was really interesting to me. Obviously, it's always really hard for me to watch teachers be predatory. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, no, like you're supposed to protect them. Like that's so inappropriate. But I think the concept of the show was really interesting of like, she's a bug. And I also think a lot of, you know, (laughs) you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of stereotypes or things that we would normally explore with girls, like virginity, is usually mm. talked about with girls. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. and seeing it yep. with boys, like that's yep. not the usual discussion. Yeah. And again, yep. it's, you know, for girls, it's you're a slut, but for guys, it's you're a stud. And yeah. seeing, seeing that Xander's kind of having to come to grips with not being ashamed of the fact that like, you know, he's not a stud. Um, (laughs) I think that, um, I love that that's explored. And I think that he's, he is coming out of those things. I think a stronger person and I don't, I think he's a strong enough character that there will be growth. Like, I don't feel like Mm -hmm. he's that toxic character who's just going to be toxic forever. Um, and I think the fact that he still likes Buffy is evidence of that, like a, Mm. a truly toxic, um, you know, fragile egoed person isn't going to like a woman like Buffy. Um, yes. And so the fact that he still That's cares true, for yeah. her and comes mm-hmm. through for her in that last episode, I think speaks to the fact that he's growing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's a teenage boy, like who will give him grace. Yeah. <laughs> struggling with their identity in high school and figuring yeah. out what it means to fit in because you don't just have, you know, his feelings for Buffy, but you have um, all of society telling him he needs to be a certain way to fit in you know, with other guys too. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, so I, 
he's a complicated one, but I appreciate yeah. him for that. Um, yeah. And while I get angry at him, I really, I think that I do predict that he is going to become a very great character. And I definitely think mm. there's going to be mm. a lot of love triangle situations happening yeah. because I mean, <laughs> the whole angel Xander thing, I'm like, this is, this isn't over. <laughs> this isn't um, over. I think that my question is kind of like a two-parter, but it's pretty much just, uh, almost like the highs and lows of season one, but like what things would you change about season one if you could? And then what was your favorite moment or moments from season one as well? Okay. Oh, that's a hard one. Okay. Things that I would change. Um, I think that anything that I would change would just be me as a viewer in 2020 going like, Mm. that's not real. That doesn't look real. (laughs) (laughs) Silly things like that. I think the storytelling um, is really good. Um, I think those are the kind of the things there were times I was like, okay, I'm a little bored right now. Like I'm interested in the overall vibe here, but like, okay, like I don't this even monster know. monster of the week is not doing it for <laughs> yeah, me yet. Yeah, what's going on here? That looks really fake. Um, so I think things like that, but even that, I kind of like the campy vibe. Like, again, it's kind of nostalgic and kind of makes yeah, me feel like, yeah. oh, like I was a kid when TV looked like that. Um, <laughs> so I kind of appreciate that as well. Um, and then favorite moments. Okay. The last episode is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. So good. And I, uh, there's a lot of moments there. I'm trying to think Mm -hmm. of, there's several favorite moments, but um, I think you guys covered a lot of them, but I I definitely appreciated um, like that moment where, and again, she did it with such kindness where Willow says like, Hey Xander, you're like asking me to go out with you. Yes. As like your consolation prize. And meanwhile, everyone in the world knows I'm in love with you mm-hmm. and you refuse to acknowledge that. Yeah. And I love that she said that to him. And mm-hmm. um, the fact that it takes Willow a little time to find her voice. I love that yes. she said that so powerfully, but mm-hmm. also so sweetly. Like it wasn't yes. one or the other. And I think so many girls have found themselves in a position where it's like, there's a guy and there's another girl and you have to listen to to the guy talk about this other girl and you're like, hello, like we're talking right now. Um, and so I think that's very relatable. And yeah. so I, I really liked that moment where she kind of just, you know, cuts him to mm-hmm. his, um, you know, cuts him to the quick there. Yeah. Um, I think the, the last, the last episode before that, sorry, my brain, there's so many things floating <laughs> in my brain. Um, but even just that scene where, uh, Buffy finds out that, um, she basically mm, like yeah. started the problem by, you know, I, yeah. you were the one letting me out type thing. Like, yeah. oh crap. Like I went through all of this. Um, but I think that's just like a really, like, that's a really good dramatic moment of like, okay, like this is not how we saw this coming, but that's how prophecy works typically and how fate works. You know, you think of, um, Oedipal stories and things like that, where like yeah. the characters are trying to avoid their fate. And while they try to avoid their fate, they make it happen. Yeah. Um, literally yep. that fulfilling prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy. So I thought that was really interesting. I love at the end um, when she just kind of transforms after that of like, okay, well I died and I'm back and okay, like now we're going to kick butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no longer fighting who I am or who I'm destined to be, mm-hmm. but like I'm going to work with it. And I think that's, that's huge. And I think even though most of us aren't going around going, oh man, I've been called to be a slayer. Like this isn't what I would have chosen. All of our lives are like that to some extent, you know, there, there are limitations beyond our control where we're like, that's not what I want to do. Or, you know, I want this, but I think that's a very human thing of there are parameters set around all of our lives and, you know, coming to grips with that and using that for your benefit is really cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things that, I mean, I feel like we did not say enough, but we're going to say here in the recap is we, for us personally, we believe the theme for season one is acceptance. And you see acceptance of Buffy and her role as a slayer and realizing and accepting that um, she's never going to have a normal life. Um, There's Giles accepting that Buffy's not a normal slayer and kind of realizing that he's going to have to work with her on that, but also accepting that he has a care for her that's maybe more than what a watcher normally has for a slayer. Um, You know, there's Joyce accepting like how to parent, how to be a mom, like being a a single single mom mom on top of that. that. Yeah. Poor Joyce. She's so confused all the time. I I just feel for, she's (laughs) trying so hard, but it's like my daughter like burns down gyms, but she seems like a nice girl. (laughs) (laughs) Such a disconnect. Yes. But you see, I, I love that. I mean, and we've talked about it. You probably heard us say before, but you know, Joss didn't know if the show was going to get picked up again. And so this show, imagine if it had just ended after season one, I feel like each of the characters had some sort of arc. Mm -hmm. And although it wouldn't have been like, there would have been a full resolution because, you know, it's only one season and it was 12 episodes at that. um, I think that he gave everybody somewhere to go. Yes. And somewhere that they had been, like they've, yeah. they've like at least completed half an arc at this point. You know what I yeah, mean? Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I love that. And so I'm curious what you think. Any predictions for season two? I don't know if you've watched any of season two. No, yet. not yet. I you have it all. You guys, I <laughs> took this very seriously. I'm like, I can't watch any of season. So proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of me too. I can't watch any of season two till we've spoken. I don't want to let anything slip. But I'm not supposed. To, I mean, you've obviously watched all of them, and you're doing this yeah. without spoilers. So I guess it can be done. Well, dude, we all have <laughs> editing every uh, single episode. <laughs> I think it's a lot easier when you've seen this show and you know what things to be cautious of when you've kind of sure. like drained your brain to be like, don't talk about this, don't talk about this. Like, <laughs> I feel like because I'm the absolute queen of accidentally giving spoilers. Tabby was, has literally been on the brink of murdering me like multiple times. <laughs> She's I gave one away so today, to like to uh. one of our sisters just by accident. I was like, oh, yeah, like, are the characters like this already? And like both of them looked at me and were like, what? And I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. Like, it's just like, I completely do it because I space out. But I feel like when you get in the space of like training yourself, like they do not know any more than this point, it's a lot easier to not give spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, seriously, every podcast, one of us always starts talking about something. And then we're like, oh, wait, that's a spoiler. Can't. Okay, yeah. we'll just cut that out. <laughs> My brain just it. jumps the gun because I want to be in like Scooby Secrets already because I love yeah. having correlations. I'm like, crap. Cut yeah. that out, yeah. Sarah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It gives I, you more yeah. work. <laughs> I think it's also easier when we're on the podcast having two other people that can catch you um, and just be like, oh, that's a spoiler. We're not going to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> one will slip through one of these days. It'd be so it. hard if it was just like me or just one of us on the podcast. Like, I literally think I would have to constantly like re-listen and be like, oh, I have to edit that out because that is clearly a spoiler and I just didn't catch myself. Well, I know other like Buffy or um, shoot, I was about to say a spoiler. Am I going <laughs> to <laughs> um, Buffy podcasts only do like episodic ones and they don't do any spoilers. I'm like, I. I don't know how you I do physically that. couldn't. My least favorite part is just doing the analysis portion. Sure. And that takes forever just because yeah. I have to be so professional about it. And yeah. I'm just like, I can't do it. I yeah. can't do it. Which is like yeah. why I think a lot of us are always just kind of a lot of us. So there's like a whole army as it like, you know, me, Sarah and Tabby are always just kind of like, we want to get 
have like encourage other people to like watch the show watch the show so that you can come back and we can talk about everything not that it's not absolutely fun to walk through episodically like it's so fun and it's like training all of us to have like a new appreciation of the show but there's just such a magic in being able to talk fully in depth about the show you know i'm so excited that you know you and i hopefully other people are excited to go back and rewatch um the scooby secrets because i really feel like that's an area where we all have been really yeah. enjoying. Yeah. So. And hearing, hearing you guys say that, I'm like, okay, it's like when I teach a book and I'm trying to give just enough foreshadowing to be yes. like, this yes. is important. And I think I'm super <laughs> yeah. subtle and the kids are like, okay, Miss Kenny, we get it. Um, you're not subtle <laughs> at all. Um, so I imagine it's the same of like, I want to tell you what what's going to happen, but I yes. can't. So I feel oh, your pain on that. <laughs> there is like, and, and everybody who's seen Buffy before knows, but there is a particular episode in season four that I'm just dying to like yes. analyze with you. Yeah. And I can't wait. I mean, it's like it's two so years from now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're Don't worry. Be there's there's better place. episodes that come up before season four. Yeah. We promise. <laughs> like, there's one in season four that, I, that I'm just very excited for you to see at some point and everything. But yeah, I don't know. Well, when we get yeah. to it, it'll be fun. No, I'm but, excited. Uh, yeah, no. So I mean, if it's season four, you know. I mean, yeah. Liz, literally the first episode of season two is phenomenal. So yeah. you can just awesome. go binge it already it starts yeah. off better. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I'm already enjoying it. So I can see that. It's funny yeah. too okay. hearing you guys talk about the episodes that are dated because I do agree. But I found some of those really, again, nostalgic. Like yeah. I think yeah. it was the... Was it the robot? Was it the robot one or the I one robot with the, com- you, the computer? Was that the computer yeah. one? Yes, I yeah. loved that one because I was that's like, so funny. "That's <laughs> online dating." But look how big the computers are. Yeah. I remember yeah, right. when computers look like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I remember like when we brought a computer into our house, and it was like we have a computer now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was kind of like I wasn't their age when that took place, but it was kind of fun to be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like they're predicting the creepiness of online dating when it didn't even mm-hmm. really exist That's, and yeah. seeing that in like, okay, she's like hooking up with, you know, a demon. Um, but like really online dating is kind of like that. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun to see it play out in these ways that are so extreme, but it's also yeah. pretty culturally nuanced already yeah. in looking at what the future yeah. would bring and the dangers of technology. So um, yeah. I definitely agree that they get a little bit outdated, but it's kind of interesting as somebody who was a little bit older in that decade um, and also just seeing how different things are now. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, as far as predictions go, okay, I feel like a lot of things are going to happen. And I know that's a really lame thing to say because obviously there's several seasons to come, but um, I definitely feel like the love triangle is only getting, like I feel like that a lot is going to happen there um, because you've got such an interesting group of people there and and really not even a triangle because you've got willow who's still in love with xander but like it's annoyed like a with rectangle. him no, yeah. you've got Z- xander who's in love with buffy who's not in love with him who's in love with angel who's you know a vampire so i'm really curious to see where all of that goes um i know i'm it's funny because watching buffy now i'm like I'm like, am I thinking too Twilighty here? Because I'm like, is there going to be some sort of like, <laughs> like question of what choice she should take as far as like she <laughs> is the split? Like I, yeah. So I'm curious to see where that goes. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm no, I'm, it makes perfect sense. And I'm like, I feel like modern movies like Twilight were kind of like inspired yeah. by the original stuff. So oh, I'm like, absolutely, I'm really yeah. curious to see those parallels. Um. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think what I will else. give you one spoiler. Buffy does okay. it better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And that's, I'm that's sure. a spoiler for most shows and movies. If you think Buffy there's a correlation, <laughs> Buffy does it better. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And yeah, you can parallel Buffy to any vampire show or movie, and Buffy does it better. We can confidently yeah. say and that. And that's not even to say that those vampire movies or shows are bad. It's just that mm-hmm. Buffy is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that... Obviously, there's drama because they have to keep you entertained somehow. Right. But I really appreciate that the writers don't make decisions just to keep viewers. Yes. They make decisions intentionally. Yes. yes. That to, makes sense to the characters. To create a story and push the characters and say, what motivations and fears can we dredge up? How can we how can we make this more relevant? Um, yeah. What deeper metaphor or theme can we talk about? Like, it's just very intentional. Yeah. And I think that yes. um, that's what makes Buffy so long lasting in as a show to watch back and be like, whoa, this is still relevant yeah. today. You know, I think absolutely kind of going off of what Sarah said, like it's like the writers cared more about creating a beautiful piece of work. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that, and that I love that you said that because that kind of is along what I was thinking of the difference between it's the difference between art versus just entertainment or escapism. Yeah. You know, a movie yeah. like Twilight, while I, am entertained by it, even though it's kind of dumb. Um, it's not art. I wouldn't call it art. That might be a harsh thing to say. Um, but I would not call that great literature or great art. Um, however, a story that every detail is purposeful and foreshadowing and so much of Buffy is satire. And I think that sets it apart from just being like, this is entertaining to, we are taking tropes that you've seen before and we are turning them on their head to tell you something meaningful about what it is to be human, not just about a vampire story, but what it is to be human, the world we live in. Um, you know, vampirism is its own metaphor, you know? And so I think, um, it's really cool to see even those little things trickle up that you're like, okay, this is totally satire on society right here. This isn't just an entertaining show while it is that. Um, so yeah. I would definitely agree. Yeah. And I think that the next question I have kind of goes along with Sarah's question beforehand, but it's pretty much just, uh, what things are you kind of excited for to see in season two? Um, or beyond, you know, doesn't have to be just season two. Um, what do you want but, to see in I know season that, two? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really excited because you guys, it's funny hearing the podcast because you're like, oh, I'm sorry. It gets better. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like it already. Like I, certain episodes, I'm like, okay, this is old, but I already do like it. So I'm really excited. Like if this is the, if this is not the good, ep- you know, I'm really excited for that to be amped up. Um, and just like already what we saw from Buffy in the season finale, I'm so excited to see where her character goes from there because all of a sudden she's like owning it. And I'm a little bit like, are you okay? Like, is something (laughs) wrong? You just died. Like what, what's going to come after this like extreme, like, yay, like I'm powerful. Like you just died and came back to life. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel there's going to be a lot more character fallout and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see that, um, in season two. Um, I'm excited to see how her character continues now that she's like, okay, this is who I am. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, you know, first season it was like survival of like, okay, I got to kill, I got to kill the vampire or they're going to, you know, kill my friends. So I got to do this, but I'm excited to see now that she's like, okay, this is who I am. This is my calling. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how she owns that and what that looks like. Um, I'm curious to see too, if there's a big change from like her super, like, yeah, cool. I'm a badass to like, okay, wait a minute. Like this is still my whole life. So I'm really curious to see if that there's any shift there. And I assume there will be some shift there because she's a pretty multi-dimensional character. Um, 
So I, I would imagine she's not just for the rest of her life going to be like, cool, this is who I am. I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah, um, right. <laughs> that doesn't seem very realistic. Um, I am excited to see kind of what happens with um, Angel, obviously, and even Xander and Willow. I feel like Angel's yeah. such an interesting character because we know so little about him. Um so little. And that's, I think, one of the reasons he's so attractive to her yeah. is it's like, <laughs> this guy only shows up in dark alleys, you know, and he's like, you know, you know, takes off his shirt with his bloody chest. And you're like, okay, what's it not intriguing about this? <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I'm really excited to see more of what that character looks like and um, yeah. what we get from that side of things. Uh, my last question was just about Buffy's death. Um, so I just kind of feel like it's really gutsy to kill off your main protagonist in the first season. Yeah. Um, so I was just curious, like, what you think that is going to look like for her in season two. <laughs> just because, like, I mean, like, at the end of the episode, she seems really happy. But then even you see her kind of stare at, like, the bones of the master. And she's, like, tears coming down from her eyes. And she kind of has to, like, shake herself and be like, all right, let's go party, you know, at the dance. <laughs> um, but I'm just curious, like, do you think it'll affect her much? Like, do you think that it, like that's just kind of like what she needed to understand that her Slayer life is going to just be like, it's accepting so much about the Slayer life that isn't normal, that you're going to have to be like um, putting yourself out there, like physically, like there's a lot of like physical stuff you have to go through, mental stuff, emotional stuff. So I'm just like curious on what you think about that. Yeah. I love that question. I I really think it's going to affect her. I hope I, because I think it would be such a missed opportunity um, to create this incredible finale where your main character dies. Mm. And then just to be like, cool, everything's normal. This is a regular drama. So I really hope they explore that. And I really yeah. do get the feeling because she was so different in that last episode. I really, I can't wait to see if like, it's an immediate like crash to a totally different place yeah, or if it's a total, you know, this lasts for a while, but something's not quite right. Um, yeah. I definitely, at first I was like, wait, like how, how, did she die? And then she's just back. And I was like, does she become a vampire? But then I was like, oh, you have to both suck each other's blood. <laughs> so like, this is a whole process. Um, but I really, I really do think there's going to be fallout. And I hope that there is. And I think that that's where we'll see even more growth from her. So I have no idea what that will look like. But I do think that will show up. And I hope it does. Um, and I have a feeling, I don't know, I just feel like we might see at some point a, a different but a similar like, identity crisis of like you know mm -hmm. I've, I've admitted like okay cool this is my life but I could definitely see it going to an even darker place not just like I'm not the slayer I'm gonna go to a party but like a darker place of like who am I I just died for this mm -hmm. this role and um is it gonna happen again and what that's gonna look like yeah. so yeah. I'm really excited to see that explored and I hope they yeah. do yeah. Well, I mean, just so you know, the next episode is called When She Was Bad. So I, I did see that. I was like, <laughs> I have a good feeling about that. So yes, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I'm I'm excited for you too. And I also wanted to tell you too, like, I'm assuming you're probably gonna finish season two before we finish the podcast for or finish the uh the podcast for season two. So if there is an episode that you were just like you watch it and you're like, I love it, and we haven't like aired it yet let us know and you can totally come on and do an analysis that would be of the episode so fun. with us i would love yeah. that that would be really fun it's just fun having a fresh voice and hear someone else who has differing um opinions and stuff from the rest of us i would love so, it so yeah if there's anything that you want to if Sounds not good. then we will see you at the end of season two so. can't wait thank you so much yeah thank you liz
This was really fun and we will definitely do it again. Um, and where can our listeners find you on Instagram? Awesome. They can find me uh, publicly at Literati in La La Land. I actually have a bookstagram page there um, where anybody Perfect. can see my profile. So I'd yeah. love to meet all of you there. And as always, you guys can find us on Instagram at Becoming Buffy Podcast, or you can email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys, especially from those of you that are first-time Buffy watchers. What did you think of season one? Where do you think the show is headed? What do you want to see in season two? Let us know. We're really curious and always love to hear from you guys. Also, our giveaway closes December 10th, which is the date that this episode airs, but it closes at 9 p.m. Central Time, so you guys have a chance to enter that giveaway if you have not already, which you definitely should because that Buffy Pop and Pullover are really cute. Lastly, guys, we're going to be taking a three-week break from the podcast, but we will be back for season two on January 7th, so mark your calendars. And yeah, you guys, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2021.